Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about pelvic organ prolapse. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerodefinals.com slash pelvic organ prolapse or in the gynecology section of the Zero to Finals obstetrics and gynecology book. So let's get straight into it. Pelvic organ prolapse refers to the descent of the pelvic organs into the vagina. Prolapse is the result of weakness and lengthening of the ligaments and the muscles that surround the uterus, rectum and bladder. A uterine prolapse is where the uterus itself descends into the vagina. A vault prolapse occurs in women that have had a hysterectomy and no longer have a uterus. And this is where the top of the vagina, the vault, descends into the vagina. Rectoceles are caused by a defect in the posterior vaginal wall, which allows the rectum to prolapse forwards into the vagina. Rectoceles are particularly associated with constipation. Women can develop fecal loading in the part of the rectum that has prolapsed into the vagina. Loading of feces results in significant constipation, urinary retention due to compression on the urethra, and a palpable lump in the vagina. Women may have to use their fingers to press the lump backwards, correcting the anatomical position of the rectum and allowing them to open their bowels. Cystoceles are caused by a defect in the anterior vaginal wall, which allows the bladder to prolapse forward into the vagina. Prolapse of the urethra is also possible, which is called a urethraceal. Prolapse of both the bladder and the urethra is called a cystourethraceal. Let's talk about the risk factors for pelvic organ prolapse. Pelvic organ prolapse is the result of weak and lengthened muscles and ligaments in the pelvis. The factors that can contribute to this include multiple vaginal deliveries, instrumental prolonged or traumatic deliveries, advanced age and postmenopausal status, obesity, chronic respiratory disease that causes significant amounts of coughing, and also chronic constipation associated with straining. Next, let's talk about the presentation of pelvic organ prolapse. Typical presenting symptoms are a feeling of something coming down inside the vagina, a dragging or heavy sensation in the pelvis, urinary symptoms such as incontinence, urgency, frequency, a weak stream and urinary retention, bowel symptoms such as constipation, incontinence and urgency, and sexual dysfunction such as pain during sex, altered sensation and reduced enjoyment. Women may have identified a lump or a mass in the vagina and will often already be pushing it back up themselves. They may have noticed the prolapse will become worse on straining or bearing down. Next let's talk about the examination of somebody with a pelvic organ prolapse. Ideally, before being examined, the patient should empty their bladder and their bowels. When examining for pelvic organ prolapse, various positions may be attempted, including the dorsal and the left lateral position. A SIMS speculum is a U-shaped, single-bladed speculum that can be used to support the anterior or the posterior vaginal wall while the other walls are examined. It's held on the anterior wall to examine for a rectocele and it's held on the posterior wall to examine for a cystocele. 
The idea is to pull the opposite wall out of the way to give a good visualisation of the affected wall to see whether it's prolapsing. The woman can be asked to cough or to bear down to assess the full extent of the prolapse. Next let's talk about the grades of uterine prolapse. The severity of a uterine prolapse can be graded using the Pelvic Organ Prolapse Quantification or POPQ system. Grade 0 is normal. Grade 1 is where the lowest part of the pelvic organ prolapse is more than 1cm above the introitus, which is the opening of the vagina. Grade 2 is where the lowest part is within 1cm of the introitus, either above or below. Grade 3 is where the lowest part is more than 1cm below the introitus, but not fully descended. And grade 4 is where there's full descent of the pelvic organs with eversion of the vagina. A prolapse extending beyond the introitus can be referred to as a uterine procedentia. Let's talk about management. There are three options for management of a pelvic organ prolapse. The first is conservative management, the second is a vaginal pessary, and the third is surgery. Let's start with talking about conservative management. And this is appropriate for women that are able to cope with mild symptoms, do not tolerate pessaries, or are not suitable for surgery. Conservative management involves physiotherapy with pelvic floor exercises, weight loss if this is appropriate, lifestyle changes for associated stress incontinence such as reducing caffeine intake and incontinence pads, Treatment of related symptoms such as treating urge incontinence with anticholinergic medications and vaginal oestrogen cream. Next let's talk about vaginal pessaries. Vaginal pessaries are inserted into the vagina to provide extra support for the pelvic organs. They can create a significant improvement in symptoms and can easily be removed and replaced if they cause any problems. There are many different types of pessary. Ring pessaries are ring-shaped and they sit around the cervix holding the uterus up. Shelf and gel horn pessaries consist of a flat disc with a stem that sits below the uterus with the stem pointing downwards. Cube pessaries are a cube shape. Donut pessaries consist of a thick ring similar to a donut. And hodge pessaries are almost rectangular. One side is hooked around the posterior aspect of the cervix and the other one extends into the vagina. Women often have to try a few different types of pessary before they find the correct one for comfort and symptom relief. Pessaries should be removed and cleaned or changed periodically, for example every four months, and they can cause vaginal irritation and erosion over time. Using oestrogen cream helps to protect the vaginal walls from irritation from the pessary. Next let's talk about surgery. Surgery is the definitive option for treating pelvic organ prolapse. It is essential to consider the risks and the benefits of any operation for each individual taking into account any comorbidities and how appropriate that particular surgery is for that patient. There are many methods of surgically correcting a prolapse, including performing a hysterectomy. Surgery can be very successful in correcting the problems, but there are possible complications, including pain, bleeding, infection, deep vein thrombosis and a risk of anaesthetic, which are essentially 
complications of any major surgery, damage to the bladder or the bowel, recurrence of the prolapse, and also an altered experience of sex. Let's talk a bit about mesh repairs. The mesh repairs have been the subject of a lot of controversy over the recent years. Mesh repairs involve inserting a plastic mesh to support the pelvic organs. After review, NICE recommend that mesh procedures should be avoided entirely. The potential complications associated with a mesh repair are chronic pain, altered sensation, dyspareunia, which is painful sex for the woman or for her partner, abnormal bleeding, and urinary and bowel problems. Women presenting with possible complications of a mesh repair should be referred to a specialist for assessment and management. So thanks for listening to this episode on pelvic organ prolapse. I hope you found it helpful. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode, which will be on urinary incontinence.